So I'm going to like activate some of you. You guys know what activation means? How many guys know what the word activation means? Are you, do you guys speak English? Activation is something is dormant inside, and I'm going to press a button to make that come alive. Like you have an app, and you're going to activate the app so it works. I have to tweak your language. I'm going to activate your app. I'm going to activate the Holy Spirit app in you. How many guys know that you have access to the entire kingdom of heaven? Just because you have access, because Jesus died for you so that you have access, doesn't mean that you access it. It's not automatic. There is a formula. There is a pattern. There is a principle. There's precepts that God has outlined from Genesis to Revelation. That there is a sacrifice to enter into the Holy of Holies, but Jesus paid that sacrifice, but now we sacrifice through thanksgiving. So whoever told you, like, we can just go in and freely, you know, whatever, God is with us. Yes, of course, God is all around us. He's um, omnipresent. That's, what, that's the nature of God. He cannot not be himself. But it doesn't mean that we have intimacy with God through the prescribed methods of how he wants us to be intimate with him, which is through sacrifice, which Jesus paid for us, and now we enter through thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Amen? So, there's many ways to give thanksgiving. There's body expression of thanksgiving. When I used to give my kids, it's Christmas time, right? You guys okay? You're young. You guys okay standing? This, for some of you, this might be the only exercise you get this week. You can just do a little squats. Some of you are like, oh. So, it's Christmas time when I used to give my kids presents. Um, I have videos. I should have shown videos. <laughs> my, my daughter was more like reserved, trying to hold back the excitement. She would like, and then if she got a good one, she'd be like, "Yay!" But if she got a bad one, she'd be like, "Just throw it and go to the next one." But my son, he would just be dancing. Even before he opened the present, he's like, Daddy, Daddy. I'm like, be patient. He's like, no, you be patient. <laughs> I, says, I have videos. <laughs> and I said, open it, open it. He's like, no, you be patient, Daddy. He was so excited. So um, Thanksgiving is not just verbal, it's express. It's expressed through your bodily gestures. So that's why we, when we come into worship, whoever told you that when we give praise to God, uh, there is, like you can do whatever you want, is a lie from the enemy. I'm a good Presbyterian Reformed ordained pastor, and I'm telling you, that's a lie from the enemy. And I wrote a paper to my denomination, and they gave me 100%. That means theologically I'm right. They cannot disagree with what I just said. But in the praxis of it, nobody activated you. Nobody told you that it's okay to dance and leap and shout, which is commanded and prescribed in the Word of God as a response to the great thing that God has given for us. 
When Canada scored in the first five minutes of soccer, they lost. But when they scored, I was in the cafe, and everybody in the cafe was like, whoa! They probably never watched soccer. I was, I was working on my sermon, I went, whoa! It was like a bodily response to what happened, even though it was just a soccer game, stupid soccer game. All right, so why don't we just lift up our hands? I just want to activate you. Lift up your hands to heaven. You know, we have the sanctuary like this because we're looking at Jesus, but then when you worship God in heaven, you are worshiping together as a community. And I don't know why I have to keep reminding you every Sunday that you are free to do this. Actually, you are commanded to worship God with your bodies. Even if you don't feel like it, your feelings are never your masters. The Word of God is your master over your feelings. Worship God. You belong to Jesus. Especially if you're going through trials in life, you lift up your hands and you do this as a sign that I am daily picking up my cross, daily. This is our privilege that we lift up, we worship him this way, this way and this way to show Jesus, I is no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. I have been crucified with Jesus. Let your will be done, Galatians 2.20. So when you see your pastor do this, I'm saying I am crucified, not my will, but your will. I am telling the Lord with everything I got that the word that you gave me to live upon, to eat, and to breathe upon is true. I am showing you this is true. I belong to Jesus. I have been crucified with Christ. Anything you want to give me, I receive. Be comfortable worshiping the Lord. Be comfortable worshiping the Lord. When David came, he danced with all his might. Dance in the Hebrew means to exalt, to leap, to run, to carry, to leap. With all his might, the word is the totality of his being. You know, when I was in Brazil, when I was worshiping with those young people, they were jumping like they were in the Olympics. They were like, that's how, that's how they were jumping. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? They were like jumping like David because they were so excited for like two, three-hour worship. I was getting, I tried to keep up for 10 minutes. I got tired. And then I did, I did this. I couldn't do it no more. But they were doing it, and they were like just, just Brazilians. Show that video. When I want to speak at my friend's church in Brazil, show that video. And that's like when it's winding down. I caught it late. Okay. Now... 
That's about an hour into worship, and then we were just beginning. I went to the bathroom. I couldn't get back in, so I had to stand in the back. And I'm like, I'm the guest speaker, guys. And I realized... That's freaky. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like the Lord was reminding me, no, you're not the honored guest. Jesus is the honored guest. Sitting in the back, I was like trapped. And I was watching these people. And I saw this guy, this uh, Brazilian African guy, and he was like worshiping like with all his might with these ribbons. He's like doing this, he's like doing this, doing this, doing this. And I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with flag worship but he was like going for it he's just like doing he's just going in the front he's just like he's like doing this and then you know he I, I, I was like oh it's a little like there's a lot of women doing that and he's doing he's up there kind of like feminine I know just I'm just confessing my honest feelings at that time I don't know if I could do that he was like really going for it you know he's like really going for it and I found out he is paramilitary special forces in Brazil. He actually gave me his tag as like a sign of honor. So I have it at my home. He said, this is for you, Pastor. Thank you for blessing me. He's para he jumps out of plane. <laughs> like a pair of Navy SEALs. Do you understand? He said, that's worship. That's worship. That's when you are stripped of who you are. That's why David stripped off his kingly robe. He wasn't naked. He stripped off the robe that made him dignified. That's worship. Worship is when you are undignified. It's when you take off everything that you bring into this church and that tells you that I'm somebody. I'm a student. I'm a, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. That's when you come in here and you strip all that off and you are undignified. Worshiping the Lord. The one you love, the one who loves you, no matter what you're going through. That's worship. And I will never, ever, ever give up exhorting you on this. And you might get tired of me saying it, and I won't stop until our worship looks like that. I will show my old church. It took me years. Maybe next week I'll show you a Sunday video where every, there was a mosh pit of people just worshiping Jesus. People going on the stage and dancing. That's worship. Because they're so excited about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So let me remind you Every Sunday, if you don't want to hear this, activate yourself. Press the button. <laughs> activate yourself. Amen. I like Taya. She's always so obedient. Every time I press it, she's like. <laughs> All right, you guys can sit. Woo! I was preaching. Some of you guys are like, when is he going to preach? I was just preaching. You guys good? Mmm. Let me be undignified, David says. Let me be, in the Hebrew, it means, let me be small. 
Everything I believe is powerful. Let, me, let it be insignificant. He humbled himself before the Lord. He humbled himself before the Lord. See, the idea that you can choose how you worship God is a lie from the pit of hell. To keep you in a false sense of devotion to a religious idea rather than a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is one of the things that I rail against. Whenever I go to church, I see people standing there like this. You know, after I retire, we, we retire from church. I remember when we retired a couple of years ago. <laughs> what, what's happening right now, hon? <laughs> we unretired, obviously. God had other plans. You guys are our love child in our 50s. <laughs> Unintended children. Had. Do you understand? But we had, to, we had to find a church because we left that church. You can't, you can't be a senior pastor of a church and then stay in that church when a new senior pastor comes. You have to leave. Let the other guy take over or the woman take over. So we were look, going to all these churches and sometimes my wife and I, we would be the only ones worshiping. And then you see people doing this, checking their phones. I actually feel like when that happens, the zeal of the Holy Spirit comes upon me. How many of you guys know Jesus is the most loving and kind, but he's not always nice? And whoever told you that is also giving you a whole bunch of lies. You know Mr. Robinson's neighborhood? You guys know? Mr. Rogers, sorry. You know Mr. Rogers' neighborhood? Welcome to my neighbor. Like, you know that guy? You guys don't know? Okay. He's the most kindest guy. And then they think Jesus is like that. Yes, he's kind. But let me remind you, when the house of the Lord was violated, Jesus went back home and made a whip. That means he has premeditated anger. I don't know if you guys understand. He didn't just go, oh, what's happening here? And he reacted out of rage. And then he got a whip somewhere. He said, oh, I see this happening every Sunday. There's going to be a time when my father gives me the go-ahead. But he's been like, this house of God, my father's house is violated. They have, they have this, these Pharisees had made this house a whitewashed tomb. It means that they falsely think they're going to the house of God, but they're dying. And it grieved Jesus. That's why when he went, he went, he's making a whip. One day, God will let me use this. <laughs> he's making that whip. Disciples are like, what you making? You will see. <laughs> and then the father's like, today. <laughs> Do you read your Bible? The only time Jesus got angry is when his house got violated. Not at the prostitutes and the tax collectors he forgave and he had mercy and kindness but at the religious institution that blinded people into a false sense of devotion that placated their deathly spiraling spiritual life 
falsely assuming that they're okay with God. Jesus said, none of that. He said, forget this. I need to be more kind. I need to be more Mr. Mr. Rogers. Hello. Like my TELUS guy this week, he's like, hello, Stephen. My name is Pablo. How are you today? I am going to help you for sure. Please do not worry. I am going to take care of everything. I'm like, is this, a ro- is this a robot? Or like this guy was so consistent. And my wife's like, you got to be more like that. And I'm like, I cannot, I cannot be fake. This is so fake. But he, that guy was sincere and genuine, right? My more natural side is the zeal of the Lord has consumed me. That's my natural side. I got to balance it out. But you guys are more Mr. Rogers. You got to have a little bit more zeal. If God did not have zeal for you, he would be indifferent to your suffering. I thought that was really good. You don't know God's zeal, so you think he's indifferent to your suffering. If you understood the zeal of God, his passion, then you would know that when you go through suffering, he's, he's weeping, he's crying, and he's doing everything he can. He's raging against the dark forces. How dare you? Come on. Do you know his zeal, his passion? That's why I love this passage. David, one of the greatest figures that represented Jesus Christ, that was a foreshadowing of Jesus, the greatest figure, David. I cannot speak about David without speaking about worship. He brought 24-7 worship. You know, there was a tabernacle. You could only, the priest could go in to the Holy of Holies. You guys know that? If you ever went to church, yes, raise your hands. You know that? There's the, only the priest can go in. That's a Bible study, like elementary school Bibles, elementary Sunday school Bible study. Like only the holy priest went in and they represented all the people. David created 24-7 worship where he went in 24-7 and worshiped with God. He brought into his time something that was reserved post-resurrection of Christ. Snap. David said, I cannot wait. Cannot wait for the, what did the, I cannot wait for the priest to tell me what God said. I will go myself. I will, his zeal, his passion, his love for God. Read the Psalms. Whenever I go through a tough time, I just read the Psalms. His, his vulnerability and his passion and his dedication and devotion through all the ups and downs of his life. He dedicated his life to God and he worshiped God with all his might. That's Davidic worship. That's what God's looking for. That's why God said, David, you got my heart. Do you want God to say to you, oh, you got my precepts, good for you. You're a good student. You want that or for God to say to you, son, you have my heart. I don't know about you, but I think the other one, second one's much better. Steve, sometimes he says stupid things, but man, he got my heart. 
I backed that guy up. <sighs> I think this is going to have to be like a three, three, four-parter because I got a lot to say today. Amen? Psalm 22.3, it says, And you, you are indifferent above it all, leaning back on the cushions of Israel's praise. That's the message version. Other versions said, You are enthroned on the praises of Israel. I just wanted to let you know, this church, just remind you, we are not a seeker-sensitive church. Hooray! Yes. Yes? Yes, two people are like, yes. Uh, we're not a seeker-sensitive church. We're aware that new people are coming here and unbelievers come here, but we are not a seeker. We are not here to make people comfortable. We are here to make God comfortable. Can I hear an amen for that? I will never compromise, even if there's just me, my family, me, my son, and in the future, Jess, family, and Isabel, and, and then whoever she marries. <laughs> and their children, even if it's just us. Even if it's just us. We will never compromise. We will never, ever be a seeker-sensitive church wondering how people feel about this and the other. We will do what God has prescribed and we will worship with all our might and let the people watch us even if we're a spectacle because people who are a spectacle are open doors or gates for the spectacular. John 12, 32, it says, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. So if men are not being drawn, he's not lifted up. I just thought that was really good. Anson, that was a good word. <laughs> if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Who's doing the drawing? Who's doing the work of evangelism, drawing people to himself? God. What is the condition that he be lifted up? I don't know if you understood. People ask me all the time, what is your plan of evangelism that Jesus be lifted up? People are like, what about like Alpha? All those things are good. Yes. What about, what about apologetics and studies and Bible studies? Oh, what about like events and all those things are good, but they're secondary to the primary. If the primary doesn't happen, the secondary is meaningless. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. If men are not being drawn, he's not being lifted up. If the church is circulating Christians amongst each other, Sheep stealing. By the way, there's no such thing as sheep stealing. Because the sheep did not. Some, when our church was a little bit larger in the, in the past, people asked me, people, some pastors accused me of sheep stealing. Hey, you're stealing my sheep. I said, 
I'm not stealing your sheep. You never had the sheep. They don't belong to you. They belong to Jesus. I think Jesus entrusts me with this sheep more than you. Snap. That's when the zeal comes in. <laughs> I should be a little bit more kind. Sheep don't belong to you. Come on, let's dialogue. I was just, I just like, something rises up within me. How dare? Don't belong to you. People leave my church. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to be entrusted with that person. If we're just circulating people, sheep from one church to another, and they're all fat, but eating all, all you're doing is eating, going to Sunday service, eating, and then you're fat, and you're just like circulating amongst each other, and then Christianity in Vancouver is shrinking less than 1%. Uh, that means Jesus is not being lifted up. Snap. Tail. Can I get a snap? If Jesus is lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. How is he lifted up? He's enthroned on the praises of his people. If I challenge you to bring a new unbeliever to this church, challenge you. Oh, it's a little weird. Because when we worship, we're worshiping really hard. And then when the newcomer comes, I don't know what to do. I don't want to feel weird. I'm like, that's the beauty of living in a tolerant society. They just, oh, that's what you do. A true unbeliever who is supposedly an atheist will look at you and go, oh, good for you. That's what you practice. Wow. That's tolerance. Only people who have a problem with, problem with worship and exuberant, exuberant passion and worship are other Christians. That they have a style or a foundation. Somebody taught them, uh, don't be emotional. Don't, don't have feelings, and, you know. Feelings are bad. We have to be stoic. Stoicism is not biblical. Asian modesty is not biblical. That's Confucianism. The Bible never exalts, exalts modesty. Come on. You guys, you guys good? Can you tell I'm passionate about this? I have zeal for the house of God. If you lift up Jesus in this house, God will entrust you with people because he wants people to come to his house where he's lifted up. And when he's lifted up, the entire domain of God's kingdom encroaches upon this place. That's what it means to have open heaven. That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we do that? Jesus made the sacrifice. Now we, we are the gates of heaven. We say to the Lord, this house, Holy Spirit, come in power. As Paul says in Ephesians 1, I pray that the people will be enlightened. They would have a photograph of God's power, his resurrection power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now in the church let me ask you, do we have that power in the church? Like, what's wrong? We, we're praying. It's because the, the entire domain of God's kingdom is starting to encroach, but we have to open the heavens, enthrone Jesus, 
Do you guys know what it means to have heaven come down into this place? That means everything in heaven starts to manifest in this place. It's like a thin place. It starts to encroach. Every miracle that I've seen usually is during or just right after worship. When people are just enthroned and just enthralled with Jesus and enthroned him, you can feel the kingdom of heaven invading. And you can see sickness leave. You can see depression go. You can see relationships starting to mend. You can see people's bitter hearts starting to soften. You can see unbelievers, their eyes, the scales of their eyes start to open up. And they start to wonder, what is going on? Do you, have, you ever, have you ever witnessed an unbeliever come to service and they're like, oh, what am I doing here? My friend invited me. Huh. Next thing they know at the end of service, what just happened? Do you guys ever experienced that? I have many times. Pastor, I don't know what the heck you talked about. But something you said gave life to me. Something happened in my heart, and I don't, I don't know what it means. Do I, am I a Christian? Am I not a Christian? I don't know. I don't know anything, but I just know that you have the words of life. Isn't that what the disciples said to Jesus? I don't understand everything, but when you speak, there's words of life, and I have to be here. And that's how evangelism happens, because it's not me, it's not us, it's not Zach, it's not you. It's all those things combined, but it's Jesus being enthroned. Amen? Access does not mean you accessed it. It doesn't mean that you actually... took it for yourself. That's the word appropriation. Can you guys say appropriation? <laughs> Teach you a fancy word today. It's to appropriate what Jesus is. Take it. It's your responsibility to take it. The enemy always makes you, most of the time the enemy makes you feel unworthy to take what Jesus has given you. You know, I got upgraded to first class one time, many times. I don't travel as much in the, yeah, in the 2010s. I travel so much. Um, I got upgraded more than once, more than a few times. And then when you go, you know, like when you go to the left, when everybody goes to the right, and then there's like herds of, not animals, but people just like trying to, you know, and then you go to the left, and then there's like violin music. And then the waitress wait, like kneels before you. Hello, Mr. Kim. What would you like? I'm like, how do you know my name? <laughs> you know my name. And, and, and so this my first time coming out of Africa, I got upgraded from Belgium. So that's like a long flight back to Vancouver. So sitting there, I didn't know what to do. I just acted like I was an economy. Just waiting for the food to come and and just not even knowing how to like move the tape, you know, my chair and I didn't know that it could lie back all the way like a bed. Oh man, if I knew. So I was just I was just happy to lean back. But then I after a while I saw somebody like 
sleeping. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you? It became a bed. What the heck is going on? And then I brought the TV like here. And then little did I know that it's unlimited food. You know, the steak is actually, it's a real steak. And it's unlimited, Zach. <laughs> I didn't know it was just that one time. And a huge cookie with, hot cookie with ice cream. Like a hot, and the bread was soft. You know, airplane bread is like rock. It was soft, and I'm like, so I was so happy enjoying that one. And then I saw another guy order again, and then unlimited drinks. That's dangerous. But he didn't, I didn't access it because I felt unworthy. Like I was insecure. Like, am I, do I belong here? But other people who go there all the time are like, another, another, another. And they always come and kneel. Yes, Mr. Schwarzkopf, or whatever, and then just, <laughs> just, it's unlimited, it's, it's, it's like free Wi-Fi at the mall, but you have to accept. Ah, that was good. <laughs> Yo, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. Oh, I have to accept the conditions. It's not works mentality, it's not, it's, it's responding accepting the work of Jesus Christ, what he's done for you. Thanksgiving, worship and praise, and the heavens open. Amen? You, the, the enemy always makes, it, makes you feel like what God has for you is inaccessible. Or what you have is what it is. That, oh, the church is just like, worship is just what it is. And then we just accept it as the normative when it's not the normative. I refuse to believe that going to church and people look bored out of their minds, checking their phones while we worship Jesus Christ who died on the cross, that we would no longer face death, but we would graduate to heaven. And that his entire domain, his kingdom, his power, and all the goodness that he died for. I refuse to believe that in the church, when people are bored out of their minds, that's church. I refuse. I refuse to believe that people have this word of God. That's the living word. That's the very words of Jesus Christ, of God, Yahweh, has given us revelation. And you don't want to read it because it's boring. It means that you're not reading it right. <laughs> if you read the Bible, it's just so boring. And you read it like it's a chore, it means that you're not doing it right. Can I get a amen for that? So what is the solution? You got to do it right. You got to learn how to read it properly. Maybe that's coming in January. <laughs> right after the retreat. That is my passion, so that you hear God's voice, the Spirit, and the Word. It is life. Where would my wife and I be without the revelations of God for our lives? In this present moment, it gives me strength. Amen. Come on. Come on. I have so much to say.
Genesis 28. I'll end with this. Okay? You guys are millennials, so you're like, <laughs> it's been 30 minutes. So I'll, I'll end with this and we'll continue. Amen? Unless you guys are like, please, please, more. Okay, two people, that's not, that's not enough. Now, Jacob, you guys know Jacob? Just stay with me. This is the last story. Jacob was running away, and I've talked about this before, but I think I want to remind you. Jacob was running away from his brother. You guys know? It's Bible stories. He deceived his brother Esau. He got the birthright, but his brother said, I'm going to kill you. He ran away, and now his brother's going to come, and now it's going to catch up. It's catching up to him. Now he's going to face the day that he has to die, and then Jacob is in Bethel. And he's sleeping, sleeping on a, on a, on a pillow that's a, like basically a rock. While he's sleeping, he had a dream, a ladder of angels ascending and descending upon him. Amen? It's an open heaven. Heaven's open. Angels and going down upon him. And then he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? The word awesome is he had great reverence and fear and awe. Like this is an awesomeness. Just like when God is in the place, there's a reverence. When God is speaking, there's a reverence. You know, I was talking to somebody over dinner yesterday at a Chinese restaurant. They said, I want to go to Africa one day and see a lion. And then they said, have you ever been to a safari and seen a lion? I said, not this trip. We searched, but we didn't see one. But I have seen a lion in the safari in the wild. It's not the same as a zoo. You just watch it. Oh, poor lion caged up. Oh, king of the jungle. No more. <laughs> but in the safari, it's like you, you're, you, you, the thing opens up and you're looking and the lion was there. He's like, <laughs> sleeping. Just the breathing alone took my breath away. <gasps> because the feeling like, I shouldn't be here. I, I shouldn't be this close to this lion. Because if I stepped out of this van, the lion would, <laughs> I'm dead. By the way, they say a Japanese tourist once a year gets killed. I'm trying to take a photo with the lion. The, my African safari tourist guy said, are you Japanese? I said, no. Okay, don't do that. I said, I don't think that's a little low-key racist. Not all. <laughs> Koreans do the same thing. I don't know. And he said, you're right, you're right. Americans do the same thing too. I'm like, that's, again, racist. Okay, never mind. Let's, <laughs> let's, do, let's not do nationalities. Stupid people. So he, just that feeling, I shouldn't be here. How am I in this place? <gasps> Took my breath away. <laughs> And then the lion opened his eyes. I was looking. <gasps> eye to eye contact. And then he kind of moved his head. <laughs> and I, oh, oh. <laughs> Even though I was in the... <laughs> just that feeling. That's what reverence is. When you go to church and you're like, oh yeah, it's casual. All right. There's a word. Oh, here's the preacher. I wonder what he's going to say. Do you remember what he said? I don't know. Let's go for lunch. I just want to say, that's not church. Church is when God shows up. The Lion of Judah shows up. <gasps> and all kinds of things happen in your heart. Like something, 
God spoke to me. Something happened. I don't remember anything that guy Steve said. A lot of things, but there's something he said. Just, oh, my spirit leaped and almost felt like I shouldn't be here. Like God was speaking. That's church. Anything could happen. Because God is here. That's church. That anticipation of his goodness, his conviction, the readiness to hear his word, to humble yourself, even to ex be exalted, the goal of humility to be exalted. Humble yourself so that you may be exalted in time. It's not arrogance. You need to be exalted before men. Humble people need to be exalted so that God may get the glory. Amen?